on this episode of Dig Me Out. And she has really one of the coolest vocals in the history of rock music. I love this record. Let's, I'll just come out and say that right now. I think it's top to bottom, fantastic. I find all this very odd. Hello and welcome to another episode of Dig Me Out. I'm your host, Tim Minichi, and joining me from the cool and chilled confines of his upstairs bedroom, Jason Ziak. Jason, how does it feel to be out of the heat and into the cool? Oh, it's wonderful. It's, uh, I mean, it, it, it is a crisp 79 degrees right now in here, and I couldn't be happier. Have you um, have you grabbed a beverage in order to help you uh, chill down? I have, but I've pretty much drank it all before we even started. I hear you. I hear you. I've, I've busted out the Corona for this evening since it's so hot. Just to, we're have... recording this on um, on one of the hottest days. It was 103 degrees with the with the heat index, which apparently is. A couple degrees warmer than the actual temperature, but it's the temperature that makes you go, holy shit, it's hot. Yeah, I'm not a big, like, hey, how's the weather kind of guy, but it is oppressively hot <laughs> in Ohio right now. So, sorry, right. but it, 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 like, affects every every aspect of your day almost. It's so hot. Yeah. So, with that in mind... I don't know what that what that means exactly. With that in mind, with um, that in mind, let's heat things up. Let's heat things up with a review of the hot angelfish. Uh, this was actually a pick that you suggested that we take a look at. Um, we wanted to explore some artists who were with lesser-known bands, uh, went on to bigger things. Obviously, we'll get into it. But angelfish is the original at the original band uh, the band that uh, Shirley Manson from Garbage was in before she was in Garbage so this is an interesting um, band because they only have one album but that's not the whole story as we'll find out in the history of Angelfish special thanks to Wikipedia providing all of our history needs on bands that only put out one album and are obscure just so that there's no confusion we are you uh, i'm speaking for for tim here there are no illusions that we're going out and doing some major research all the time on these bands a lot of times we're just reading the wikipedia page so if you think we're doing more than that or we should be doing more than that if there is any way to do more than that i would be happy to do it i just don't know where else to go other than allmusic.com and wikipedia in light of recent comments on yeah. the blog, I'm just going to say, yeah, that is where we're getting the information from, and tough shit. It's free. That's the point of Wikipedia. Anybody can use and it's it. A, and it's a hell of a lot more than anybody else is doing, so yeah. if you don't like it, screw you. If you want to go to one of those other angelfish history websites, <laughs> feel free to do so. Maybe you'll get an alternate take on angelfish history from a different perspective. It's sort of like Rashomon. You're going to get a different uh, angle on the whole thing. Anyway, Angelfish, the band, formed in 1992 and were active until 1994 from Edinburgh, Scotland. Now, here's the actual truth about Angelfish. They were formed merely as a showcase 
for Shirley Manson as a solo artist. She had already had a band called Goodbye Mr. McKenzie, and they were signed um, to MCA, and the executives at MCA thought that Shirley Manson was going to be a star, so they said, we need to put you in a new project that will really put you up front, and instead of calling it the Shirley Manson Band, they called it Angelfish. They uh, recorded an EP in 1993 uh, called Suffocate Me, and then in uh, 94, this self-titled album came out. Now, here's the interesting uh, part about Angelfish. The video for Suffocate Me, which was also on the album, played one time on 120 Minutes on MTV, and Garbage co-founder Steve Marker saw the video and said, wow, she's really good. We should see about getting her in our band. <laughs> if he had missed that video, if he hadn't been watching 120 Minutes like the rest of us that night, uh, there would be no Garbage. Garbage would have been an industrial, you know, um, not industrial, a uh, instrumental project by a couple of producers in Wisconsin. And it, instead it became one of the biggest bands of the 90s. So after Shirley Manson was asked to join Garbage and accepted, Angelfish dissolved, but good, Goodbye Mr. McKenzie went on for another couple years without Manson. Uh, essentially, this band is Goodbye Mr. McKenzie, just renamed. On guitar, it's Martin Metcalf. On bass, it's Finn Wilson. And on drums, it's Derek Kelly. So around my notes here so the two bands are exactly the same yeah they're essentially the same band wow okay uh i haven't heard goodbye mr mckenzie and i don't know if that stuff is easily available or not but it seemed like this was putting manson up front or shirley or however you want to refer to her so i don't know if that meant that she got to show off more of her songwriting skills or because all the songs are credited to Angelfish as a band, so I'm guessing that she was responsible for most of the lyrics, because I believe that's how Garbage worked: is that they wrote the music and then she wrote the lyrics on top of it and the melodies and stuff. Um, one thing that's interesting about this album is that it was recorded in it was recorded at a studio in Connecticut in March of '93 with Chris France and Tina Weymouth, who were in the band Talking Heads. They were actually married, and they ran a studio together um, in Connecticut. And it's funny, because I don't hear a lot of Talking Head influence, but I hear a lot of bands that Talking Heads played with influencing this record. So, Do you hear a lot of Connecticut influence? Um, I'm not really aware of the big Connecticut music scene in the 19... Does this album sound really good in a Volvo? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I would have no idea that this was recorded in Connecticut. If you'd asked me, I would have said it was recorded somewhere in England. Well, I'm guessing it was because, you know, Talking Heads were from, I believe, New York, right? And uh, Chris France and Tina Weymouth probably lived in New York, but used a Connecticut studio because it wasn't far that far of a drive, and I mean, that's just pure speculation on my part, but Angelfish, the record. Let's get into it. So Jay, you brought this to us. 
Um, you want to start? That means want, that means start? you get to. No, 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 no. That means you get to go first. That means I get to go first. Okay, so it's hard to listen to this and not compare it to garbage. Um, there are some similarities. Obviously, the this isn't nearly as catchy or hooky as as garbage in their heyday, which would be the the first two records, um, which I think are two of the you know in terms of female fronted. I don't know if it's it's alternative, it's rock, it's it you know it has electronic elements. Two of the best records of the the 90s. Um, this is a lot more uh, influenced to me at least by 80s new wave and post-punk. I hear a lot of Echo and the Bunnymen, Psychedelic Furs, The Cure, Susie and the Banshees um, on a lot of this record. It's in the guitar tones. It's in the way that the, the drums and the bass are recorded. And it, um, it has a really cool sound throughout the record. Sometimes it gets a little samey, my only criticism. Um, the there's only 10 tracks and it's like 35 minutes but by the time you get to tracks you know seven eight nine it would be nice if there was a little more variety um, in terms of just the way that things sound uh, but there really isn't much what really kind of catapults this band above just being sort of a uh, a lower grade new wave band is Shirley Manson's vocal delivery. I mean, she has really one of the coolest vocals in the history of rock music. She's sort of in between, she she dips into in between like that like sultry Stevie Nicks delivery and then gets into like a little bit of a goth territory of Susie Sue from Susie and the Banshees. Um, but then she can really deliver like the pop on uh, its track three, or no, excuse me, track four king of the world yep that totally sounds like debbie harry itself is a little repetitive I, I felt like um, she kind of, she repeats the chorus line in the verses which sort of it lacks the impact when you hit the when you hit the chorus but I felt like her she the first two songs um, dogs dogs in a cage and suffocate me she's singing at a, like a lower registry and she's trying to sing sexy and glammy and it's really cool and it she has the voice to pull it off um, but when she brings her voice when she opens up her voice a little bit and, and sings a little bit higher which is, I think, what people are a little more used to. Um, when you think of, like, Only Happy When It Rains, um, Special, you know, those songs from the, from the 90s, Garbage, she's ex, you know, um, accessing a little bit more poppy side of her, of her vocal range. Um, and King of the World, it's not the best song on the record, but it shows her range in terms of playing with melodies that are a little more poppy and playing with her vocals. Um... She does the same thing on the, the third track, 
You Can't Love Her, which is actually a cover, I found out, of a band, um, Holly and the Italians. And again, she sort of takes it out of that like gothy, sexy, low register and, and brings it up um, into a higher range and, and, and is not like she's singing falsetto or anything, but just you know, sing a little bit more open. Why don't you jump in here with, um, I've kind of addressed her sort of stamp on this whole thing. So what it, in terms of her singing, what was your impression? Well, I mean, I love this record. Let's, I'll just come out and say that right now. I think it's top to bottom, fantastic. Um, I liked it when I got it. Um, That's probably, weird to me. That's really weird that you love this record. But I, I love it more now than even then. Um, I mean, listen to it recently. I just there's not a song on here I don't like, and it, it uh, it's 100. percent Well, I, I wouldn't say 100. percent it's 100% because of the talent of the band. Mm-hmm. A lot of that is her, but I think the other the people that she's playing with are really, really good um, themselves. I think the guitar player is excellent. I think the rhythm section is fantastic. Um, and, and the thing I love about it is that, for the most part, these are very simple songs. They contain... There's two elements here going on. One, they put some chord changes in there that that really make it special and i think really kind of because of the combination of those chord changes and her voice and the overall band's ability to sound dark and with a slightly evil tinge without being heavy which is very hard to do um all of those things coming together is, is what makes it really special for me in terms of her vocal you know i think this is I mean, I think this is way more compelling than any of the garbage stuff that she's done. I mean, I like some of the garbage stuff, and I'm not... Some of it's more sterile than other. Some of it has more personality than other. But for me, listening to this, you really can... You really understand how good of a singer she is and how much she can control a song and really, like, grab you. Um, I think with the garbage stuff, it's so produced... Um, I think sometimes her vocal kind of gets lost in a lot of other stuff going on. And this, it doesn't. I mean, it's right there. The production is just, you know, there's there's a couple moments on choruses and things she'll double herself, but for the most part, it's one straight vocal, just not a ton of reverb on it or effects. I think, you know, musically, on the music, the guitars and drums and stuff, there's some reverb to give it, to give it sort of a dark tinge and stuff. But vocally, it's pretty dry, and you really can... I don't know, her voice just draws you in and, and she's one of those women that can sing at a really low register, which is really unique and um, really interesting, especially in a rock band setting. So for me, you know, overall, this, I think this stands up way better than anything she, she's done with garbage. I think it's more time, timeless than the garbage stuff. I think I listen to this now. I played this, you know, in the office at work and people had no idea that this was recorded in 1994. Like, this could be a band that just came out now. Whereas I think the early garbage stuff and the... I mean, all the garbage stuff, you know, because there's so much technology involved and there's so much production um, and, and just, you know, trendiness in there that it kind of stamps it. Like, when you hear one of those garbage songs, you kind of know what time frame it was recorded in with the tricks they're using and the things they're doing. Whereas this is just straight up, raw, real, and you just... You know, I, I think some of the songs are in in lesser 
talented people um, would be probably not as good. But like I said, because of her talent and the way the band presents them, I think there's a lot of material on here that's probably average that they make way above average. So, I mean, that's my that's my take on it now, I think. You know, so it's a CD I've had kicking around in my collection for a while, and I remember listening to it when it came out. But I pulled it out to review it for this. Um, and really, the notion we pulled it for is just because she was in the band. You know, I was sort of struck by how good it was and um, how memorable a lot of this material was. I find all this very odd. Because <laughs> if there is someone who does not like, like all, all the bands that I reference, do you hear where I'm where I'm coming from? Oh yeah, and I don't, I don't love any of those bands. Right, and that's why this is so weird. That... I'm like, I'm like, kind of dumbfounded because, you know, I could have said, you know, there are there are elements of like, uh, you know, Violator, Depeche Mode, and songs of love, faith, and demo- de- devotion that I can hear in, in this. If you well, like, well, if you like those albums, you would probably like this. And you hate Depeche Mode. Well, I, the reason I like this is if Depeche Mode was four people all playing real instruments and it sounded like a band. Yeah, I'm just... Those those Depeche Mode albums are where they started getting away from the keyboards and, you know, they were playing guitars, they were playing live drums, they were playing live bass. And, you know, I see this as like a parallel to that, you know... David Gahan was doing low register, sexy, sultry vocal delivery, and that's totally what. What's well, a little different when uh, Shirley Manson's doing that? Shirley Manson does it. It is guy. because you just didn't hear, you know. Well, you know, Susie Sue from I, the not, Banshees. I don't really want to listen to David Gahan be sexy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Susie Sue from the Banshees sang that low, but she didn't sing that way, and. Um, you know, you can you could just listen to Shirley Manson sing, and you get like a whole performance out of it that you're not getting out of a lot of other singers, male or female. Yeah, I mean, maybe this, maybe you know, maybe if this is a this is a gateway for me to get into some of this stuff. I don't know. I I, I would say that um, the Cult Love era was influenced by probably a lot of the same people, mm-hmm. and I love that album. So I mean, it's not that I'm, you know, there's just certain people's takes on that that style that i happen to enjoy more than others i'm not like i think there's probably some people that you know just love that whole genre and almost anybody who does it they'll sort of be interested in it um, i'm a little bit pickier i guess um but like i said a lot of it just has to do with the particular sound of her the songwriting i mean the lyrically i think this is a really cool album i mean there's a lot of really cool lines in here that went when, when delivered by a woman make it know infinitely more interesting that if a man sang these songs i mean just the, the idea of the 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 one song that you talked about king of the world which i think is a great song you know the fact that she chose to sing king of the world and not queen of the world you know i mean there's sort of some interesting perspective there um just on that lyric choice alone um and there's a lot of other sort of um i guess maybe liz fair style like very sort of strong female perspective on relationships and breakups and you know sex and all kinds of stuff that you know just more interesting when you hear a woman talking about it than a man talking about it for the 150th billion time um so there's a that element i just think that there's also like 
I'm curious to hear what the other members of the band went on to do without her, because there's just a really strong foundation and um, understanding rhythm and dynamics. And the guitar player is really tasteful and knows how to use effects and has a great tone um, and plays within that tone, you know, with, with a good amount of range without getting, without losing their sound, which is interesting. Um, so, so here's the question with this band then. This came out in 1994. Why wasn't this more successful? Because this didn't really register. Because the guy from Garbage was watching 120 minutes. Right, but it only got played once on 120 minutes and then it disappeared. It didn't have any singles in the United States that charted. Um, there, you know, the the success came when Shirley Manson left and joined Garbage, and then they put stickers on Angelfish albums that said featuring Shirley Manson of the band Garbage. And that's how this band sold records. So do you think it was because, this is at least, this is my take, this band didn't do well because this sounded like the last decade. This was 1994, and it sounded like it was made in the 1980s. And now that sounds fine because all of a sudden new wave and post-punk in the last you know five or six years are, are coming back into vogue with you know indie rock and even some of the mainstream bands but in 1994 that sort of production didn't really fly and that's and those sort of bands in the same well, in the same way that like the hair metal bands of the 80s didn't know what the hell to do during the 1990s yeah. i think a lot of those new wave post-punk bands like a new order like echo and the bunny men psychedelic furs they didn't really know what to do in the 1990s either they were sort of yeah searching for their sound yeah that's a good point i and i and i totally agree uh, i would say that the i don't know if it was necessarily the production of this that was 80s i think it's a i think it's a core songwriting and overall aesthetic that you know that that was 80s i think the production on this is while it has some characteristics of it, it's it's really good and it really holds up well now. Um, so that it, I don't want to make it seem like it sounds like, you know, sort of a, I, don't, I think of 80s alternative albums, a lot of them maybe being kind of tinny and, you know, not from a fidelity standpoint being the highest quality. And I think this is. So uh, it does have some characteristics, I guess, of that style production but i think it's also inherent even in the songwriting but some of it is like you know i'm listening to some of these songs you said um you know one was a cover and a couple others they almost have like a 60s or 50s kind of ballad oh yeah especially track 10 to them uh track 10 which is uh uh the end is that it has a swing beat and it has totally like 1950s early 60s it's a 6-8 yeah it's a 6-8 ballad but the way that she delivers it like you gave if you give that song to most other bands it would be really boring right. but she's able to and and I should I, I want to give the rest of the band credit because it's not just her but all of them are able to deliver that in a way that you know she ended up sounding like that almost sounds like a pretender song like she sounds like Chrissy Hine on that song
sort of the same way that they were able to sort of work in material that other bands, if they did, would be, it would come off as being kind of bland, but because they had a certain personality about them and delivery, it sort of really elevated all that material and, and they do the same thing. And a couple of these songs, you know, like I was saying, and it sounds like you agree, they definitely have even a, not just an 80s flavor to them. I mean, they have like a 50s flavor to them, but in a, in a really cool way, not in a, in a retro trying to be from that era, just from a songwriting standpoint, you know, they're just simple and structured that way. And they just have a purity to them. That's reminiscent of, of that. Um, song two, you're saying that, um, two is, um, suffocate me. Suff- song, song two was the single suffocate me. Yeah. So they did, you're saying they did an EP around that. Yeah. That the EP came out before the album, you know, as a primer to the album and, um, and then uh, the album came out the following year. So that, I mean, that song is, if you want a flavor of what this band sounds like, that's the song to, to, to sample. The thing that's killer about that is the, the bass on that song. I mean, I swear to God, it sounds like Lucifer's playing the bass. It's amazing. <laughs> like, it is so evil sound. It's so evil without being, like, overly dramatic. Or, what is, I mean, it's not... Is there it's got like a he's using? Yeah, he's using, like, a maybe a chorus on his on his bass and it's really subtle and he kind of plays with it but just the notes and the just the attitude it's played with i mean it just sounds so freaking dark so cool because it's not it's not like it's a heavy i mean it's it's sort of heavy but not heavy but you know what i mean like hard rock it's got distorted guitars and stuff but it's not a they're not a heavy band but it's just delivered in such a heavy way and just oh i mean it just oozes evil (laughs) in a weird in a weird sense and that bass line is just so cool um and the, the drummer does something that a lot that is one of my guilty pleasures. Uh, he he just does a lot of Tom stuff, like floor Tom stuff. Mm-hmm. I noticed that. I mean, he goes to that a lot, and that's just one of those things where 
it almost always works you know it's just it's it's one of those things drummers do that you kind of fall back into um you know to to do builds or to do a verse that way to kind of just add a little bit of more meat to it but it's like he does it a lot but i don't i don't care it just works every time he does it it just sounds cool you know it just it adds all this cool mid-range and um just you know it makes things sound heavier especially with the bass and stuff so um they kind of they have some limits and they kind of know how how to work within them and I, I think one of the things you said was that you know it gets a little samey but for me it's it's so short that i'm fine with that you know it's only a, i think you said what a 35 minute album yeah if this was a so, if this was a 14 song you know 60 minute album it would be sure it would be tough but since this is only yeah, what is it 10 songs and it's 35 minutes i mean that's really that's not a huge issue um or something this short right i was gonna say i i think i've you know we we've talked pre- previously about having a ratings system yeah. for um for these things and i didn't want to use thumbs up or thumbs down because that's sort of a roger ebert and siskel trademark and i didn't want to use the buy it burn it or trash it scale that sound opinions use it used so i was discussing this with katie my wife and i said i think it should be if it's a bad record it's a johnny cash middle finger and if it's a good record it's a rolling stone tongue <laughs> so you give it the tongue or the finger oh i give it the tongue okay i'll put up a, i'll put up two little tongues next to uh the album on our website so you know that we both enjoyed this record. And then I hope we won't get sued by the Rolling Stones for for doing that. I want I want to hear like do more stuff with this band. Like why didn't she ever go back? I mean if she was with these guys for a little while under a different name or whatever. Go back like I mean garbage takes tremendous amounts of time off. Why doesn't she ever go back and like do something with these guys? I guess there's not enough money in it. Well, she's got enough money. I don't she's know. getting songwriting credits for garbage. She's got enough money to just do whatever. Uh, hit her up on Google Plus and ask her what's going on. I'm sure she's on there. I can't, I can't get into Google Plus because the friggin' login stuff is so complicated. Every time I get an invite, it boots me because I'm already a Google Documents user or some shit. Anyway. <laughs> Screw them. I'm staying with Twitter Tech and Facebook. Savvy one. I'm not buying into all the nerd hype about Google Plus. I'm just everybody I know and their whole lives are invested in Facebook. I have no reason to go look at something else. Well, so from from Jay, that's a, not, a, a, a middle finger for Google Plus. I'm not about to start to explain to my mom how she needs to start create a Google a Gmail account so that she can start using Google Plus and have her circles. Yeah. <laughs> All she wants to do is play the uh, the Bejeweled game. She doesn't really give a shit about circles. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I understand completely. It's the, it's the burden of trying to get parents onto Facebook. All right, well, that's it for Angelfish. That's two enthusiastic, wagging, rolling stone tongues. I don't know. We'll have to revisit this and see if it's direction we're going to go with the scale but for now we both like this record and i would suggest visiting our webpage. you'll find links to buy it on the amazon.com uh, website and every one of those click-throughs help us 
pay for the enormous bills we are accruing by putting up this um, wildly successful podcast. Each download hurts us a little bit more. So help us by clicking through and buying a record. So for Angelfish, we are signing off. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Jay, for joining once again. And we'll be back next week with another episode of Dig Me Out. Visit digmeoutpodcast.com for links to our Facebook page and Twitter feed.